0: to the Paper and Dreams Podcast and I am your host, Samir Mohan. Um, yeah, so I'm back. <laughs> After like, what, seven months, eight months? It's a long time. I've been gone for a long time. And hopefully this explains why. Well, the title should explain why. Yes, I went for jaw surgery. Which is why I could not talk well for the past few months. Um... I wanna get through it all. So, welcome to Jaw Reviewed, Jaw Surgery Reviewed. <laughs> it's two a.m. in the morning. It's almost three a.m. in the morning. Um. Okay. So, I'm back after a very long hiatus, and this is gonna. This episode is primarily gonna be about what happened and why I was gone for like so long. Um. It's been a long journey, and from the title you can guess that that, uh, yes I had jaw surgery and though I had wanted to keep it on like the down low for for, like most of it, I've gotten like hundreds of requests to talk about it and like my experience going through it Um, and yeah so I hope that this can be helpful for someone with nerves going into their first surgery because surgery is very 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 scary and stressful. And at times it can be utterly overwhelming. And that's how I felt as well. Like all my life I had like grown up, like since my childhood, like afraid of surgeries because of how they were portrayed in the media, like in books, movies and T V shows, on how surgery was like this huge scary thing where you'll be in, in an operating room and the doctor will put you under anesthesia and you just fall asleep and you'll wake up and they would have uh, done the surgery, stitched you up and and, in, and and you know you'll be on the way to recovery so i was scared i was always scared of that concept because i didn't like being cut open um and like stitched back up that was a crazy crazy um concept for me like as a child also a uh, content warning uh for the following epis for, for this episode um this goes this this episode goes into detail on the procedure that i went through and everything after and before So, the following content can be for some slightly triggering and disturbing. So, uh, listener discretion is advised. Moving on. Uh, So, since my childhood, I've always grown up with this fear of surgery because of how it was portrayed. of, Of like, you know, like something about the thought of surgery and the whole thematic value of it. And how significant it was, especially in movies and t v shows like, like a surgery was a huge thing, right, and so I've always feared that 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 word and being um forced to be subjected to surgery, so I've always had that fear, and then yeah, this happened <laughs> um okay, so uh there is a little bit of backstory, right um and like, before that, it was the post-surgery stuff that scared me the most. Because I knew that anesthesia exists, and I'm very grateful for anesthesia. But it's the whole post-surgery recovery part, where you know, you had to deal with the pain, and the recovery, and infections. Infections are the scariest thing ever. Literally, they're the scariest thing to ever exist, especially in surgeries. They are so incredibly scary. <laughs> Um, and ironic for me to say that they're absolutely scary because I had an infection. <laughs> yeah. Um, I say that I'm afraid of uh, infections because I am. I'm absolutely terrified of them. And <laughs> you can imagine my, my shock when I found out that my surgery spot was infected. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, okay. So... Um, I grew up, like, my whole life trying to avoid the possibility of any form of surgery. Like, I've been careful, like, walking. I didn't want to fall down on break a bone and having to go for surgery. And, um, I was, I, I, I was always careful to not have to go for any kind of surgery. Um, because, as I said, I was very, very scared. And fast forward a few years later, when I was 12, and... I had my second set of molars growing in the back of my mouth, you know, like the second set of your molar tooth. That was growing, and it was like protruding out of the gums, which is which is a normal thing, basically. And then um, they they were hurting, so uh, we were like, "Oh, okay, let's get that checked out." We went to the dentist, right? We went to the dentist, and um, because of the discomfort, right, when I when I try to eat anything. And then it made us think that it was a wisdom tooth thing, but no, it wasn't. So we went to the dentist, and the pediatric dentist, that was very kind, she was really cool. I was 12, so they had this room which had, like, dinosaurs on the wall and, like, blue walls and, you know, fun toothpaste and brushes. (laughs) And she was cool, she was really, really cool. I don't remember her name, but she was fun. Um, She made me sit down, and I I was shit scared. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I just thought that she would check for the toothache and give me some meds, but she was. But as she was examining my mouth, she felt my front tooth, the bottom row of my front, like my front teeth, and she realized that I had a missing canine tooth, and I was mic memed I was like, "What? <laughs> a missing what? Because <laughs> I, because I didn't notice I had a missing canine tooth. So here's the thing. So the muk like, the baby th- teeth, uh, it it had fallen out, like, years before, and it never grew back. So, the th- like, like, the teeth beside that, like, the tooth beside that, it moved to fill in its space. So, that's why we didn't realize that I had no canine. Like, I didn't have one canine. I had the other, but my right canine was missing. So, then she was like, hmm what's going on, right? So, uh, she subjected me to an X-ray to get a look at what like, what was going on. And then I was led into like the radiology room, which is very scary and painful because they made me put this heavy apron on because they were going to pump radiation into my brain, <laughs> into my head. That's, like, that's what I thought when I was 12. Like They were going to pump radiation into my brain, which is why, you know, X-rays and stuff. I was 12. Um, and then they put this weird film thingy under my tongue I don't know what it was called and that shit hurt <laughs> it like stabbed against the bottom of my tongue and um, the machine fired up it was loud and it took them a very long time to get the imaging done right then I walked out slightly teary-eyed knowing that I was 12 <laughs> and sat waiting and they called us in again and it turns out I had a tooth stuck underneath my front bottom tooth wow I was, and, and it was lodged there, horizontally, and no one knew how it got there. So the dentist was like, haha, bro, it's time for surgery. You can imagine how scared I was. I obviously freaked out, and I had a panic attack in the hospital itself. I was always on the brink of tears because of said fear of surgeries. And then they explained the procedure, which was even scarier. They said that they were going to locally anesthetize my gums. Meaning that I'll be awake, and they would, content warning here, they would slice the gums, remove the tooth, and stitch the gums back up. We had no choice but to go with the surgery, and fast forward two weeks later, I had to go for, like, I had to go in for the allergy test to see if I was, like, I was allergic to the anesthesia. They stabbed my gums with anesthetic drugs, and they numbed up pretty quick. And then after that, it was about, I would say, three weeks? until my surgery, so I was like mentally preparing myself, you know? I was thinking I was gonna be okay, and 12 year old me was kinda scared that I would just end up dying. <laughs> I was 12, I'm not to be blamed. <laughs> I was very scared. Okay, so f- then fast forward two weeks and the surgery got cancelled. I still don't know why. And then the hospital never came back to us And the toothache went away And I didn't want to get the surgery Because number one, it was so scary And number two, it wasn't causing any pain So why disturb that tooth now, leave it be So we left it be (laughs) You know where I'm going with this Uh, Oh my god, four years later Four years later Four years My gums were starting to recede at the area Like in the front tooth And we got freaked out Because my gums were receding, right? And my teeth had the canine tooth stuck under. And it was feeling very sensitive and shit. And so we decided to go to a dentist. And now, knowing the problem, we had to find a good enough dental surgeon in my city to do so. Unfortunately, we didn't find any. So we rang up a specialist hospital in the capital city, Kuala Lumpur. And they had a really good specialist maxillofacial surgeon there. So we got an appointment fixed. And... Yeah, and it was due like three days later, so that we got all the stuff ready for the visit in hopes of good news. Soon after arriving there, there was at least some good news. There was a Starbucks near the hospital. <laughs> uh, there was a Starbucks near the hospital. <laughs> I was so happy. I was, I was pumped. I was really. <laughs> I mean, what? N- nothing beats a good cup of coffee. Right? Nothing beats a good cup of iced coffee. And so then I like, I was like, okay, at, at the Starbucks, it was fine. And I knew what I was having after the appointment. So we went in, we waited about like an hour, I think. Uh, the hospital smelled very nice. <laughs> um, and then I met the doctor, he was very kind, comforting. He was a specialist, so I know that I was in good hands. He made me sit down and he did some examinations and then we already knew that there was a tooth stuck in the gums. We told that, uh, we, so we told that and he asked us to take a, a, a CT scan to check what was going on. A CT scan is better compared to an x-ray because it provides like a 3D digital imaging of the mouth. And so, like a digital view of everything, right? You could see every nook and cranny, every tooth, every part of bone. Uh, and then, I was brought into this, like, radiology room, and then it was this other room with a giant machine in it. I had to take my sweater off, blah, 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 and then uh, I had to keep my eyes closed. And I had to bite on this mouthpiece. So I did what the radiologist said, and I closed my eyes, and I bit the mouthpiece. And there were these, like, giant robotic arms that extended out of the machine, and, like, I closed my eyes. And they were like spinning around my head. I I, I I knew that for a fact. That it was like spinning around my head. Like scanning me like in the movies. Right. And then the best part was. the Like the cushions that held my head together. They were like on my ears. They were playing piano. <laughs> it's really fun. I like that a lot. That was really really fun. Uh, and then. uh, Yeah. And then after about a minute. It was done. And then I. Uh, went up to the doctor's office again. And he was like, "Hi, welcome back." Blah blah blah. And then uh, he made me sit down. He fired up his PC, and he got the software going to see the CT scan, like to see the, see, like to see the imaging. Here's the plot <laughs> um, twist: that tooth was still there, but it wasn't stuck in the gums; it was in the jawbone. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I had no idea what to say. I had no idea how to react. He, uh, there was a tooth stuck in my jawbone and I had no idea what to do. Um, and then like, he was like, yeah, so there's a tooth stuck inside your jawbone and it's forming a a small cyst. I freaked out, I was so scared, because, haha, fear of surgeries, and then, he was like, yeah, so, you need, like, surgery pronto, like, ASAP, like, emergency surgery, like, soon, so he said, two days, (laughs) I had two days to mentally prepare myself for surgery, so I was like, how is this gonna go down, and he said, we're, Going to locally anesthetize your mouth like last time so my entire bottom jaw would be numbed and They would have to drill a hole into my jawbone and remove the tooth and fill that hole up with artificial bone graft and then Stitch the gums back up and wait like seven months for the bone to fully heal So (laughs) Panic. <laughs> I I, I was too shocked to ask anything so I just smiled and walked with my parents out of the hospital and then I also rushed to the Starbucks and stress bought a caramel macchiato with extra caramel drizzled upside down and a donut and a croissant and a chicken pie of sorts I don't remember and I stress ate all of them in the car on the way back home <laughs> so Fast forward one day, I couldn't sleep, I was nervous, I was jittery, I didn't know what to expect. Then the day before my surgery, we got all our stuff back, just in case, right? And I was like mentally preparing myself for everything, and a part of me was so so scared. I kind of like thought of the last of everything for a while. Like, this is the last hot drink I'm gonna have in a long time. This is the last piece of lamb I was gonna have in a long time. And then the night before my surgery, one of my best friends called me, FaceTimed me, and he spoke to me for hours and hours and hours, and he helped me get my mind off things. So shout out to him for that. The amount of tea spilled that night was impeccable. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and then I went to sleep and I woke up and it was surgery day. Oh my God. I was jittery. It was four hours to a surgery. I was getting ready. Kind of shaky, but I knew that I was going to be alright. And then I got into the car, right? Played my comfort tracks and drove to the hospital with my parents. And then we arrived and I contemplated getting on the starbies, but I did not need the coffee jitters. Anyway, we went in, uh, waited for a bit, you know, kind of chilled for about an hour or two. I don't know. And then my dad accompanied me into the surgery space. The doctor was there. He was smiling. A bit of a reassurance. He m- he made me lay down on the chair as it reclined, and I got a cool pair of sunglasses. Like these sunglasses were like brownish, and they made the light like not burn my eyes. <laughs> um, and then though I kept my eyes closed most of the time, I like glimpsed at like the table, and it was full of like this m- metal surgery instrument, surgical instruments. And they freaked me out so much, I was so scared. (laughs) Um, And then he injected the anesthesia into my gums. Note that it's the lower section, like the bottom jaw. And like, it was five times, I think, like five injections. I don't remember. Um, And then everything went numb in a few minutes. My lips felt numb and my lower jaw, even the skin went completely and utterly numb. And it was weird. And I kept laughing. I don't know if it was the nerves or the anesthesia, but I was laughing a lot. (laughs) Then the doctor was like, I'm gonna do some scaling to take off the plaque to prevent infection. And then he did the scaling and I only felt the water and the digging, but not the pain. It was just the pain that was numbed, not the sensory part. I could feel everything. And then he proceeded to slice my gums, casually. (laughs) I did not notice. Then he scraped on the bone. I felt that a lot. No pain, but I felt that. And then he went for it. He used the drill and he went for it. The drill, the bone, there was so much blood. (laughs) It splattered on my face. Note that I was awake. Like, I was awake, awake. I was conscious. I was awake. I was not asleep. I was not woozy. I was aware. (laughs) Aware, aware, so I felt everything, I felt every vibration. It was really loud. It was scarily loud. Um, and then, like, the blood splattered on my face, they had to wipe it off. I could feel the drilling, and especially the sound. It was so, so loud, deafening. He cut open the bone after, like, five minutes, and boom, the blood twist. The, 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 the tooth inside was too big for the hole. Oh my God! I, uh, I freaked out. I was like, "What?" My my mouth was wide open, and, and having hole drilled into it, and the tooth was too big, so the doctor did the next best thing. He he sawed the tooth in half while it was in my jawbone. Do you, s- do you see how scary that is? Uh, and then there was more sawing and more sawing I I was on the brink of passing out Um, then he yanked the tooth like half the tooth out of the bone but he had to like tug on it a little so I I felt that in my skull there was more drilling there was more blood there was more tugging there was more yanking and more drilling and there it was pain oh shit oh god no 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 (laughs) that was all I had in my head no 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 the the anesthesia was wearing off and the pain was coming back and I freaked out I was like I with my open mouth I was like doctor pain (laughs) and he uh topped up the dose of anesthesia even more then the pain went away thankfully uh, the only thing that kept me sane while the whole rhythmic drilling was going on was singing of Oph- singing Ophelia by the Lumineers in my head. Um, that was weird, but I don't know what that was, but it was fun, I guess. So then he got the gargantuan tooth out in two pieces. And then he filled up the hole with a with the artificial bone graft. And the doctor was giving me words of encouragement all the way through. He's an absolute icon that we stand he then prof- then he then proceeded to carefully stitch the gums back together, and the thing is the gums the, the the gums were like it had stitches together in between my teeth because it was sliced that way, and there were stitches facing my lower lip too. I don't know how many. So then I got up dazed, kind of high, and then the doc said that that I was to eat no hard foods for one and a half months almost and I had to go on an almost liquid diet with an exception for porridge or congee I literally couldn't move my jaw it was so tight and I could not speak and he also mentioned that the bone graft would take about six to seven months to fully heal with actual bone Um, yeah so I was prescribed a lot of heavy painkillers and medication a lot of them and heavy antibiotics and then i went back home and on the way back home the anesthesia was wearing off and you know what that means pain 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 and more pain i have no words that could explain the pain or do it justice it 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 wasn't a burning pain it wasn't a searing or a stabbing or a throbbing it was just pure white pain, unbridled, merciless, it pounded on and on and on and on and on, seemingly increasing with every second to an explosion at the end that never came, and I thought that this was the worst pain I could ever feel in my life, but boy was I wrong, I went back home, crying in drowsiness and pain, and I swallowed what I could of porridge, I could not open my mouth much, and I downed the painkillers, I was then brought up to my bed, where I tried to sleep but the pain was too much, literally, I I could not bear it. And it sent my brain into overdrive mode. There was adrenaline in my system, I felt my heart pounding, I still couldn't believe I was in so much pain, and and so I wanted to distract myself. So I whipped out my iPad, I turned on Netflix, and I watched the opening sequence of Kuch Kuch Hotahe, a Bollywood musical from my childhood. Yes, it's a very flawed movie, but in my defense, I was in a lot of pain and I needed a distraction. Anyways, that did not work. Um, and I was sobbing and almost screaming. And there was this weird part of it all that was kind of poetic after reflecting on it. So here goes. I tried to calm the pain. It felt like a raging ocean crashing against the hull of a ship, crashing against uh, rocks. And I tried to tame it. I tried to pet it like a pet almost, whisper to it. Lulul to sleep, to see if it would calm, and I tried that for so long in my head, visualizing this pain, giving it a form of life, giving it meaning and purpose, so that my feeble mind could comprehend what the hell was going on, and because it was, because this pain had no meaning, it had no form, it was just pure white pain, so I felt the need to give it a form, to give it a purpose, right? and it was unbridled and i couldn't think everything was blurry hazy and my thoughts were blurry as well i did not know what to make of them all that i remember was um trying to tame this beast you know trying to feel its nooks and crannies and there was a point where i gave it and tried to feel it like i gave in to the pain like i stopped trying to block it i just ...opened up and made myself feel all of it. Not because I'm a masochist, but because I wanted to... ...because I thought that if I could feel it course through me enough... ...I could find its weak points, you know? Like, look into its cracks, its nooks and crannies... ...find where it was tender, where it was weakest... ...and maybe, just maybe, make it falter. Make it stop, halt, turn and look me in the eye. Just for a few seconds... And wreak havoc again. I just needed those few seconds of nothingness. Those few seconds of calm. So that I could will myself to go through whatever whatever that was coming next. Unfortunately that was not the case. For I could not find any weak points in this ocean. No cracks. No tender bits that I could rip out. I also remember trying to hear for a heartbeat in this pain. Because if it had a heart. I could kill it. I tried hearing for it the faint lub-dub of a heart, and I would go quiet, seemingly waiting for a whisper, but I could not hear anything, for this beast, this monster, this ocean, it had no heart, no consciousness, it did not know of mercy, it was pain personified, it was unflinching, raw and pure. Soon after, I realized that the painkillers weren't kicking in on the, n- on the first day, which is absolute hell, I do not remember much. But on the second day, they kicked in. And it was a relief because I felt very little pain for eight hours, but it was still there. But in my mind, as I lay on my bed, all I could see was a monster, waiting in the corner of my room, walking, slowly, sitting on my chair, looking out the window. It wasn't a monster that we saw in the movies, no. It looked more of myself, it looked more human in a suit. And it would just wait for hours on end, its eyes staring into mine. And I did not know what to make of it. And I knew that this was pain personified because I've never felt of this pain ever in my life. And I did not, and I, and I knew that this was, this was something else. This was, this was, this was what I gave to the pain. I gave it life, right? Like I gave it life and I did not know what to make of it. So I Thought myself to see things that weren't there. And somehow, I had made them real. That was a reference to a iconic line from The Haunting of Hill House. And then this monster of a thing, as I called it, would come to me. And he would graze my chin, and I would feel the pain shoot up in me. I would feel it blooming like a flower, and I would feel it turn to ash right there and then. This would happen a few times, how this monster would make the pain shoot up for a few seconds periodically. When the medication wore off, I could feel it grab my chin, strangle me almost, and the pain would erupt like a volcano and it would explode and I wouldn't know what to do except scream and down more pills and wait for the monster to go into waiting again. And somehow, as the days blurred together, I had made company with this monster, learned how it would act its patterns learned of its weak spots for he is not the ocean anymore i would come to miss him in the months following the surgery not because i liked the pain but because it was a reminder that i was human i'm a human therefore i hurt i'm human therefore i feel right that was unexpectedly poetic (laughs) and no i'm not complaining the food the food was hell i'm not gonna lie I hated it. It was blended congee or porridge. And it was thick. And it got stuck in my stitches. It was absolutely disgusting. And I would cry every single time I had to drink it. Because it hurt so much. Which forced me to resort to drinking milk. Every few hours. And that was somehow better. Because cold milk was good. It was good. And so. Like every two weeks or so I had to go see the doctor again and so yeah after a week first of my first follow-up then the doctor said that it was healing well but the stitches needed to be on and then fast forward another week of pain and pain and congee and pain and milk there was a funky taste in my mouth Sigh. Yes, uh, I pried my lips open in the mirror, only to find a small globule at the stitched area that was secreting yellowish thick pus, and it tasted absolutely disgusting. It was infected. My worst fear. It was horrifying. There was so much pus, so much of it. I spat it out when I could, but ended up swallowing it, and it was horrible. We went to the doctor again, and got trapped in a four-hour traffic jam with my dad. Which in we watched a Netflix comedy special and then the doctor said, yep, it's infected. And prescribed me with heavy, heavy antibiotics that made the next three weeks of infection blurry and hazy. Therefore, I do not remember much, except for the pain. I only knew that I could drink milk and I was in pain. And I had ice cream once. That helped a lot. I could talk a little, but it would hurt a lot as well. Um, fast forward three weeks and the infection was cleared out and I had solid food for the first time in a month. And I could not chew because my front teeth felt fragile because there was a hole underneath them in the jaw. I remember making Gordon Ramsay's crispy skin salmon with lemon aioli and it was absolutely delicious. It was the best thing I've ever made. Honestly, even with a hole in my jaw, I could cook. And then I got my stitches removed, finally. And they surprisingly did not hurt at all. I thought they would hurt, because all my life I thought they would hurt. But I only felt some tugging, but no pain at all. And the stitches were out, and I treated myself to a common macchiato once again. I could still eat food that would... that I, But I still could not eat food that were too hard for like two more weeks. So I stick to soft foods like fish and porridge. Due to the meds, everything feels very blurry from that time frame, especially after the infection and such. But I remember the little bits like the fish and the porridge, the pain, mainly the pain. The pain was, was what I remembered the most on how it felt uh, and the sounds and stuff. And yeah, so I couldn't speak much for the next few months because it would hurt of said hole in jaw, uh, which is why I actually s- took a break from podcasting because yeah, I cannot speak for like hours on end because of the pain and everything that followed. And um, fast forward seven months later, I have been eating very solid foods, going on runs and life, being back to normal almost. Everything has healed beautifully and the hole in the jaw is closing up still and everything was a success. So to anyone listening that might be going in for surgery soon, just know that everything is gonna be okay and being nervous is okay and know that you're in good hands and you are gonna be a okay. It will be a harrowing experience and yes there will be pain. I am not gonna I am not one to sugarcoat but just know that you'll have a crazy story to tell and maybe just maybe it would be some poetic and metaphorical and insane experience this journey was not how i expected my 2021 to start in the first month itself but i had family and friends that were there for me every step of the way and i would always be grateful for them and somehow this whole fiasco with the surgery it made me more grateful for the present because I somehow needed to cherish it while I could. Because who knows what will happen next? Life is too short to just be sitting around and wasting our lives away to nothing. You know, life is life is too short to not watch that movie. Life is too short to not go on that trip to Italy that I've been planning for the rest for the past few years. Life is too short to not read that book. Life is too short to not be a through to not be your true authentic self life life is unpredictable it's 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 insane we we spend so much of our lives worrying for the future that we forget about the present right but our future is our present so why why wait right why why wait to open that bottle of wine for that one weekend Why wait to eat that one meal on that specific day? Why wait to watch that movie on the weekend? Why wait? Life is way too short, way too unpredictable. We do not know what will happen next. And life seemingly has this way of interconnecting things together. So we give it meaning, we give it purpose. We we sometimes make time the villain of our story we said that it's moving too fast some days it's moving too slow but in all all honesty time is how we perceive it so the question arises are you going to go out there and live your life to the fullest because we don't know what's going to happen next honestly one thing that I've taken away from this experience is to not push things to the future because you don't know what's going to happen in the future on that week of my surgery, I had a surgery on a Monday and I had plans on that Friday to watch a movie. I couldn't watch it because haha surgery. So don't push away your what you can experience now because you think it's gonna be better to experience in a particular day or time frame. Don't do that. Life see life throws you the curveballs when you least expect it. When you really, really, really least expect it. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's a crazy story, yes. Um, and I don't know. Life throws us these curveballs. And somehow we are left to our own defenses to try to make sense of them. We, we are left without the tools to properly, you know, process these curveballs. And to handle them in the most optimal way. And we don't know why it was thrown at us, and maybe, just maybe, the reason is for us to learn to give meaning and purpose to things that don't essentially contain a purpose or a reason. For purpose and reason builds the fundamental foundation of our being, right? And it shapes us, gives us meaning. We give things a purpose, a meaning, a body, a personification. I saw my physical pain that was blinding as an ocean, as a person, at one point because then it had a purpose to be there, to exist, to have meaning. We we give things meaning physically. We provide it of its bones, of its muscles, fibers, blood. We give it all. We we give it all of those so that it would make sense to our minds, which are very, very finite when it comes to perceiving things that are beyond our understanding. Anyways, things make sense because they have a meaning, you see. They have a meaning because they make sense. So, fellow listeners, if you've listened this far, thank you. I'm grateful for your time. And just know that whatever life decides to throw at you, be strong. Will yourself through the mud Climb that hill, swim through that ocean, and slay that beast. And remember, life is way too short to be sitting around and doing nothing. So go out there. Open up. Meet new people. Meet new friends. Meet your friends. Tell your parents you love them. See your family members. Eat that steak. Get that lamb chop. (laughs) Make that salmon. Drink that iced tea or cola. Work out. Run. Go on that run. Feel the wind. See the world. Travel. Get on a plane. But not right now because of COVID, but get on a plane when you can. See the world. Meet new people. Gain new experiences. and Live your life. Blink and you're 16. Blink and you're 21. Blink and you're 30. Blink once more and you're 50. And blink another time and you might not open your eyes again. So, the choice is yours. Are you going to embrace the gift we call the present and live your life, which is already a gift because your life is so so special, you contain multitudes, so are you going to live your life or are you going to wait until there's nothing left to live for? So this is jaw surgery reviewed and I rate it 2 out of 10 stars only for the things it taught me so yeah um, I hope to see you in the next episode where I hopefully we'll have a guest um, so thank you so much for listening if you've listened this far um, it's your host Samir Moon signing out thank you for listening bye bye <coughs>